Welcome to the For What For Who podcast hosted by me, Courtney Croucher. This weekly podcast will cover everything revolving around living intentionally through bouncing relationships, self-love, professional career, health, wellness, and so much more. This podcast is for anyone who wants to exude main character energy, live their life unapologetically on their terms, and go after their wildest dreams. Every episode includes actionable takeaways to upgrade your mindset and life to encourage you to be in the driver's seat of your life. If you're looking to upgrade your life in any way, you're in the right place. Subscribe to hear new episodes from myself and special guests every every Friday on all streaming platforms. Thank you for being here and let's get into the episode. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning into another week. I'm sorry for my absence last week. I honestly thought I was on my deathbed. I went to Whistler last weekend and I had a great time, but what I didn't know was that I was going to die afterwards. I caught a cold. Apparently going on a three-day bender with minimal hydration, food, sleep, and any type of vitamins, uh, nutrients, none of that. The lack of those things then caused me to absolutely die. I caught a bit of a cold. I felt like I was on my deathbed for 48 hours and then I slept for like 12 hours, spent $100 on supplements and medication and now we're back. So that was a quick-winded deathbed experience, but I haven't been sick in two years, so that was really quite the moment. Um, I forgot what it's like to be sick and I forgot how like emotional being sick can make you like I don't know if this is for everyone but when I get sick I like cry I really get upset it's not even about being sick I think it's just like you have so much time to just like be and you just feel sorry for yourself that like it all just kind of comes to the surface and comes out I don't know but I mean I feel like it was maybe a little bit cleansing for the palate but like glad to be germ-free again. My God, it felt disgusting to be that sick and just that miserable. But we're back. We're here. We're ready to go. It is almost the holidays, which is so fucking crazy. I can't stop saying it, but I'm just like, how was it already middle of December? You know, like I swear every week goes by really quickly. The days can feel long, but then the weeks and months just go by so fast. And I know for me, This is always a weird time because I feel like my body has internalized exam season and I feel like even when I got sick, it reminded me of like the college plague when you'd be in exam season, everyone's getting sick, everyone's like lacking sleep and taking care of themselves and so everyone's immune systems are fucking shot. That's how I felt again and it's been a little bit of a grind just finishing up work and stuff like that before taking any holidays in the next coming weeks. So it was just, it's been a bit of a crazy whirlwind of the last week, two weeks now. And so I hate missing episodes, but I had no voice last week. Yes, I should plan them in advance. You would think that that would be the solution. However, inspiration strikes me in random ways however this is my new year's resolution to like you know get better at this whole thing be a little bit more proactive you'd think after two years of podcasting I would not be doing this bullshit but I am (laughs) so my bad guys I'm here hello hope you missed me but yeah I'm super stoked to be back on the mic I guess a couple of life updates for you let me just hammer out some recs for pop culture because I feel like since I've been sick, I've been able to kind of delve back into TV shows. Typically on a day-to-day basis, after I finish my day working, I'm horizontal on the couch watching vintage Real Housewives reruns. I have a Hey You subscription through Amazon Prime. That's how Canadians can watch Bravo. And I can't stop re-watching, like specifically Real Housewives of New York and Beverly Hills. There are certain seasons that are just, you can't make that shit up. Like it's just so, so good. And I literally just watch that every day but lately since I've been sick I like finally went back to regular tv so what did I watch this week so on when I was like really really sick on my deathbed I watched all of Insecure there's only two more episodes of the final season if you have not watched it yet it is one of the best shows I've seen Issa Rae is a fucking genius it's I believe on HBO I have it through Crave TV so I'm not sure what the exact channel is but 
I absolutely loved it. Every season is incredible. This last season's really tearing me apart. Team Lawrence, Team Nathan, I don't know. I need to like list the pros and cons, honestly. I don't know what I'd do if I was her either. Um, what else have I watched? I've watched Insecure. Also, the soundtrack of Insecure is iconic. Like, I have found some of the best music through that show. And I, one of my best friends actually has never watched the show, but she has the vinyl of the Insecure soundtrack. And I'm like, girl, you need to watch the show. I can't stress it enough. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. Watch the fucking show. Okay. I can't even talk about the Sex and the City reboot because I have too many thoughts. I literally think I need to do a whole dedicated episode to it because I can't fit it into an intro. Like I have too much to say. So we'll talk about that. I don't know, maybe next week. Maybe I'll put out a bonus episode so I can verbally vomit about that because, oh my fucking God, I have a lot of thoughts. What else have I watched? Oh my God. If you also have, so I just got Crave again. I got the Crave subscription. That's why all of these are like HBO and stars and everything because I finally got Crave again. I just took a couple months off. I wasn't watching a ton of TV, but now holiday season's approaching and I'm back on my fucking bullshit. And I like, I like Netflix and I like Amazon Prime, but I swear Crave is the superior. So I have watched season two of Love Life. I watched season one last year. Season one is Anna Kendrick and it's basically following one character and you watch them date different people through seasons of their life. And it's so well written. I don't know. I just absolutely love it. Both are based in New York, which is what I love as well, both seasons. And the second season's actually centered around a man who is like tied into Anna Kendrick's story. And she makes a couple appearances, but she's not a main character in it. But it was just very well done, both seasons. And I just, I loved it so much because there were some portrayals of relationships and breakups and heartbreak and all of these things in a very just like raw and authentic way and I think it's one of the of course it's still wrapped up in a bow but like it's just really good I really loved it and it's 30 minute episodes so you can crank out a season literally in one night I watched the first season in one night and then season two I split it up literally over two days so it's a very quick watch I kind of wish they were longer but they're also just enough where you like don't you're not sick of it you almost want more but it's a good ending like I I I just really love those shows so if you haven't seen season one and two definitely recommend it those are the couple shows I watched and then yeah we'll we'll discuss and just like that in a minute because I just I honestly need to like debrief it in my head too like I need to really sit with my thoughts because there's just so much to say anyways moving past that um wow I'm eight minutes in Guys, this is a long intro. I felt like I just need to update you on my life, you know? So I went to an intuitive, like, reading basically this morning. Um, She's not a tarot card. Like, she used to do tarot cards, but she didn't use any, like, oracle cards or anything like that. She just did it fully intuitively. And I've never had one of these before. I definitely believe in them. I've always believed in this kind of stuff. Whether you're into the woo-woo shit or not, this was my experience and I had a family member who'd went to her and had an amazing experience so I decided to book one never even looked her up on like who she is I just heard great things so I booked it and let me tell you it was like life-changing like it really spoke to me in ways that she would have never understood like she called out things that she would have never known people who have passed in my life think that are going on in my personal life like it was so freaky and One of the things that came out of it was me needing to let down my wall and become more vulnerable. And I feel like the most vulnerable topic I have that I don't think I've ever shared on this podcast, and I've always alluded to it, but I've never spoken about it, is my battle with chronic illness and endometriosis and like the diagnosis process and just dealing with chronic pain. You know, it's funny, I didn't think I was ready to talk about this, and I don't think I ever will be fully 100% ready to talk about it, but it's one of those things where I would hope that it could potentially help somebody. I wish I knew a lot of things when I was in my journey, so if that is the case for you, incredible. If it just brings awareness to certain things that are often overlooked or misdiagnosed in the medical community, then I'm okay with that as well. 
Now, I know this podcast, sometimes I keep it light and fluffy and I talk about the good stuff and like the live your best life, main character shit. But I think part of that is going through some of life's most challenging events or whatever it may be, like life's challenges as a whole. And those challenges challenges often shape who we are, right? Like those challenges often teach us such specific lessons and can really manifest into our future depending on how we take that experience. You know, I actually met someone on a call last week who she had also some chronic issues that she was experiencing and that encouraged her to go into holistic health and now she's like a holistic health coach because she was so frustrated by western medicine and stuff like that that she went into this field because she wanted to help people um that experienced similar things that she experienced and i'm just like that that's power and i mean i don't think i've used this challenge in my life as something powerful and i think my intent by sharing my story is to verbalize it, put it out to the world, and let it go. Like, I think I'm harboring so many negative feelings that I haven't allowed myself to, like, emotionally, mentally, and physically heal. And that was something that came up in the reading this morning. And I realized, like, I need to just somehow find a way to heal. And a lot of the ways that I've been able to heal really hard things in the past is by talking about it and by using using my voice to share the lessons learned. So that's what I'm going to do today. So with that, I want to share my story with chronic pain. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I've talked about having endometriosis, um, But I want to go back to the start of kind of the very beginning of like my chronic health issues. So I want to say it was around grade 10 or 11 where I realized I might have developed an allergy to dairy. I was getting horrible digestive issues and it seemed to be linked to any time I consumed any kind of dairy. That was kind of around the time people are starting to talk about like consuming almond milk rather than dairy and stuff like that. And the only like types of milk that were on the market at that time were really soy and almond. Um, it really wasn't as developed as it is today, but at the time that is kind of the, what I had to work with. So I eventually like basically phased out dairy because I just noticed that it was the common link after like trial and error of just like, okay, if I eat this, do I feel like this, you know, and really trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I'm a fairly intuitive person and I know when my body's not right. So if you already have that with something in your life and body right now, I definitely suggest to lean into it and figure out what's going on. Sometimes doing that through a process of elimination like I did is effective. So that is what I did. I realized, okay, lactose is just not for me. So I basically cut it out, um, started to really dabble with like alternatives and stuff like that. Of course, here and there, I'll eat dairy. I can still eat goat, cheese, and feta. Um, They're digested differently and they're like a different type of digestive enzymes in there or something so that you can digest them easier um i'm not fully like vegan so that is not something that i would ever claim but i do buy vegan products just because i know they're often like well they're they're 100 dairy free and they're sometimes gluten free as well so that is like a transition i had to make over a couple of years and honestly it wasn't all too hard cutting out like milk it was more about like just dairy being in things but over time I I got really used to it and dairy is actually the easiest part for me now um it's the gluten that's really fucking difficult so the dairy thing happened in high school started cutting it out cool then I started and from like day one since I got my period I got my period at a very young age I was like age 11 I want to say um I, like, I had double Ds in fucking, like, grade four. Like, I was w- developed very early. None of the girls in my school had the same issues. And it was just, like, I remember I'm still traumatized by, like, when you asked to go to the bathroom and you would had to go to, like, the little 
backpack area to go grab the little makeup bag that had like your pads and panty liners and shit like that because I was way too afraid to use a tampon back then and just like all of the trauma that was in bed especially in a catholic school I remember one time there was like a male teacher who kind of challenged me on why I want to go to the bathroom again and I was like bro I have my period like let me go to the fucking washroom can you believe we used to ask to go to the washroom oh my god I'm still traumatized by it but I've always had incredibly painful periods crazy heavy bleeding and like to the point that I would want to stay home from school because my periods were so bad and I remember like being young you're people don't take that seriously of like you just have your period pop some Advil and get over it kind of thing now mine were severe and it was crazy because over the years as I was getting older I'm like approaching high school a lot of my other peers then had their periods as well and like some people just weren't as bothered by it as I was and I couldn't understand why mine was so debilitating like it would really knock me the fuck out for a couple of days and I just had to deal with it because no one took it seriously so at a pretty young age I ended up getting on the birth control pill because I talked to my doctor about my periods and that was the solution apparently without any real conversation of what the pill does to you um so I got on the pill and then went through high school whatever don't really remember any severe like things once I got on the pill it kind of regulated some stuff but I always had like unexplained bloating and stuff like that but I I don't really consciously remember crazy chronic pain other than when my cycle would come. Um, Now with the pill I was on in high school, I still got my periods and stuff like that. So those were always brutal times and that never, that never subsided. But I don't remember in between periods if it was super bad or not. But then when I hit university, that's when really like the weird stuff started happening, like the unexplained pain that just was really tough to figure out what it was caught like causing it so I was obviously having still period uh, painful periods and stuff like that but then like sex became very painful um and at this point I had like kind of then been exploring with new partners being young and like university and stuff like that so that was a weird thing to navigate um especially kind of going on your own because no one's really talking about it Um, And I definitely didn't have the sexual education behind it in any way. So I was having painful sex, painful periods. I was getting severe, severe cramping in between my periods as well. Super bloated, like just digestive issues. And I just felt like shit a lot of the time and like chronic pain. Like I felt like I was often getting stabbed in my lower abdomen and Along with this, while like increasing the amount of sex I was having, I was getting like UTIs. If you don't know what this is, this is a urinary tract tract infection um, or like BV, which is bacterial vaginosis. It's not an STI. It's just like your bacteria is basically wiped out of your vagina. And so it's that can happen or a yeast infection. And I just had chronic fucking issues. Like my vagina was all out of whack and I couldn't figure it out. And I just now in hindsight, I just have a lot of sensitivity to condoms and to scented soaps and stuff like that. But in the moment, like no one teaches you this stuff. So it was really difficult to navigate. And I just felt like I was constantly having issues, but then also having chronic pain. And so I was constantly going to the doctor and And it got to a point where it was just really driving me nuts and I just knew something was wrong. Like, okay, I did the antibiotics for, let's say, like the UTI, that's gone, but I still have this lingering pain that I can't explain. And so over the course of years, I was going to my university doctor all the time and it sucked because you had to like call first thing in the morning, right at 9 a.m. when they opened and like basically your phone number would be in a queue and you just hope to God you could get a same day appointment. If you wanted to book in advance, it was like weeks in advance and it was just such a nightmare to get into this. So it was a lot of like anxiety ridden or increasing type of like activities as well. Just not knowing what's wrong with you and then trying to get diagnosed, having to, you also get like a different doctor essentially every time through the university, unless you are specifically requesting the same one. And at that point, no one was really taking me seriously as if this was like a chronic issue that we need to continue to explore. 
And I was young. I didn't know how to advocate for myself yet as, as well. So this was just a constant thing. There were times where I'd go to the ER because I literally thought something inside of me was dying. And over the years, I had cystic um, or like cysts on my ovaries burst which is also very painful, um, but you don't know if you have one unless you get ultrasounds kind of regularly and then you don't know if they burst until you feel it essentially. So there's just so many things that women at, like or anyone with a uterus can have um, symptoms that just could be any of the other things like it's so fucking confusing and a lot of doctors don't want to deal with you. You are in and out like five minutes prescription. There you go. Right. And a lot of the really negative experience that I had with this in and out process of going to the doctors all the time was that they often would ask me the normal routine questions of, are you sexually active? And I would say, yes. They would ask me if I use protection. You know, they would ask me all of the different questions and all I was getting tested regularly, all of these things, because I was also becoming a little bit paranoid like in a healthy way I guess because I feel like a lot of people my age were not getting tested regularly enough but like I got paranoid because I had such chronic issues and the doctors really like low-key slut shame me a lot of the time when I would go in and so it in it made me internalize this fear of like what if it's that kind of thing? And I remember there was this one time, I want to say it was in second year of university, where I was completely abstaining from sex because sex was so painful. I, you know, like had done all of the tests, all of the fucking tests to rule out everything. You know, women joke about like how uncomfortable pap smears are. I was essentially having a doctor looking at my hoo-ha every month because there was something wrong but they couldn't figure it out and they would do all these regular routine tests but wouldn't switch up the method when everything would come back negative and I remember there was a specific instance where I had all the tests and then I come back like a week or two later and they're like um okay we're gonna do like basically a pregnancy and STI panel again and I'm like I haven't had sex since you last saw me so if it was negative a week ago like why would it be positive now like I literally am telling you I've never had sex in this whole time and it had been like in months in advance before that as well so there was just no way so why aren't you listening to me and they like insisted to do another STI panel and pregnancy test and it really internalized this fear for me of like I don't know my own body. I don't trust my own word even anymore because the doctors don't. And it was just really a tough position to be in. And I don't know that it would affect anyone, like just everyone like that, but all of this combined. And I, I mean, this is me verbally telling you in a, a quickest span of time that I can think of, actually experiencing it day after day after day was fucking infuriating. So it got to this point where... I had been to the ER a couple times. I had been back and forth between like university doctors and my doctor back home with like, my family doctor um, where my parents live. And no one was giving me answers. No one was listening to me. And so I got to this point where I wanted obviously to see a specialist. And I remember there was this one time where I went to the ER. I waited like six hours They wouldn't help me. They wouldn't even give me like an Advil. Like they were so just like, oh, you get painful periods. Like it was so condescending and I never felt so defeated leaving a hospital. And they told me that they were, they were sent off a referral for a specialist, like an OBGYN. And I'm like, great. And I'm thinking, okay, it might take a while, but like at least there is progress. So I waited the period of time that they asked me to wait before getting a call kind of thing but I never got a call so I'm waiting you know maybe a month maybe two months at this point never received a phone call so I finally follow up with the hospital and I'm like hi I was in on this date like they said that they sent a referral to a specialist there's no call I don't have like any record of this like what can I do to make sure that this went through And so they're looking at my name and of course they can't find literally anything. And supposedly the referral never went through. 
And now I've talked to many people. I've heard that this is a common experience. So it's very frustrating because you wait so long and they don't do anything in the moment. They make you feel like shit. And then like there's really no solution long term because they never even put the fucking referral through. This actually happened to me a couple months ago in Vancouver as well. So LOL. But yeah, so there's that whole situation. So this obviously was like a breaking point for me because I'm pretty sure after that experience is when I got really good at advocating for myself. So what I did to start getting some answers was I wrote down every fucking interaction with any doctor or medical staff or even receptionist because even my family doctor, she's a cunt. I'm going to say it. She's an absolute fucking cunt. The staff that work with her, not that bad. It's just her as a person. Can't stand her. The worst doctor I've ever had. She even told me, even now that I'm thinking about it, when I was like 13, 14, I was like, is it possible I could have endometriosis? Because I was looking up things on the internet from a, like my painful periods and stuff like that. And she's like, no, you're on the pill. There's, It's impossible for you to have endometriosis, which is absolutely incorrect. So LOL. But anyways, I had so many just frustrating experiences with doctors and all these things that I started to track every single interaction. So I got on my notes app and anytime I'd call to make an appointment, if I saw them, what did they say? What tests did they do? What prescriptions did they give me? What was the like result of the interaction? All of those things. What I also did was started to track every symptom I had like literally to the T. And I still do this at this day because I want to make sure that everything's good, of course. And I really had to become my own advocate by keeping these diaries of interactions and symptoms to finally get some answers. And that is what started to really move the needle. Um, So basically I was tracking these interactions and I don't, I would have to really look into my notes of like the timeline, but eventually I got to this place where I said to this doctor it, like at my university, I said to her, like, this is my, like, I literally like read out like, well, on this day, I talked to this doctor and this is what they said. And then this doctor, and I just like came in with the fucking facts because a lot of doctors will gaslight the fuck out of you. And I'm a white woman at a prestigious university at this time, right? I can't, even imagine what it's like for any marginalized folks and like there is proof in the pudding of that if you look up anything within like racism and medical communities or medical industry and stuff like that um any BIPOC folks like they are more at risk for being gaslighted and fair unfairly mistreated by doctors and nurses and all of those things so just think about that for a second because like I know who I am in this world and this is how my experience has been. I can't imagine what it's like for others. And that's why that's even more like puts more importance for me to share this because I hope it fucking helps somebody because, oh my God, this was years of fucking hell. So I finally got to this doctor. I came in with the facts and she was finally like, I believe you. Like, I'm going to help you. So she finally put the referral through. Um, this is now, almost, I think, third year of university uh, for a specialist. It took about eight months to actually see that specialist, but I finally saw her. She was great. She believed every word I said. She was very solution-focused, like, really just amazing. And over those, uh, over third year and fourth year was a trial and error process of trying different birth controls and different medications essentially um to help with the endometriosis and none of them worked i tried certain things specifically the one that like fucked me up the most and a lot of non-uterus owners will not understand this like when you're fucking with hormones you can become so crazy and there was this one that i did and it could work for some people it just did not work for me this is not medical advice this is just my experience i did like the birth control shot that like stays in your body for like three or four months that made me gain 10 pounds within a couple months I was like insane I was so depressed I was so angry like I was so not myself and the minute I did the first shot like and I was experiencing that I was like never again so that was really brutal and so going through that process as well is just like awful (laughs) so I finally got you know, trial and error of medication, which was great to be working with a specialist at least. 
but it was very finicky to kind of go through still. And eventually through, I want to say third year of university is when I started to turn to uh, the use of cannabis. It had become legalized in Canada, and that's when I finally decided to give it a go. And that was massively positive, like it made a massive, what am I saying? Made a positive impact on my life because not only did it help with just the chronic pain in general, but also just being able to cause calm anxiety, be able to sleep better. Like actually sleeping was great because there were time, there were countless countless nights where I couldn't sleep because I was in so much pain but then the anxiety of why I'm in pain and the fact that I can't sleep but I have an early morning and I have xyz to do tomorrow and if I don't get sleep like you could just feel the anxiety just thinking about it right and so finally being able to sleep and kind of have something that helped with the chronic pain was major now I tried everything like I've had the male doctors been like have you tried Advil have you tried a heating pad do you ever try to take a bath or some green tea? Like, yeah, bro, I fucking tried everything that I can find. So that was massive for me. Hadn't tried weed, actually. That was the one thing I hadn't tried for many years. So that was great. And then over those years, I mean, it was still like a frustrating process, but at least I was getting help. And then the pandemic, like I... I guess 2020. So I was supposed to have, so basically to get diagnosed with endometriosis, you have to have a surgery where they go in. It's a laparoscopic surgery. They go in, they look for endometriosis tissues, and then they will confirm or deny your diagnosis. And they confirmed it for me. So I was supposed to have my um, surgery in May, 2020. Obviously the pandemic really fucked that up, but then it was so crazy because I got a call I feel like in May from my like my specialist saying hey we have to push your surgery like da 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 because of COVID but then in June of 2020 I get a call and they're like hey we have you booked in for your laparoscopic surgery next week at this time like blah 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 so literally got like a week notice it was so just like oh my god I'm finally getting this and it actually dredged up so many feelings for me because it was just one of those things of like, what if it is an endometriosis? Like, if it's not, I maybe I'm fucking crazy. Like, you really go through that mental questioning of yourself and your intuition and like how well you know your body. And what was really tough with that surgery is that I had gum surgery like literally 24 hours prior. So I had two surgeries within less than 48 hours and that was just like a whirlwind in itself. But it was kind of great to get them both out of the way and then I was just really high on pain meds for a couple days and the recovery process is different for everyone so I won't really speak too much on the like surgery itself but I eventually got my diagnosis with endometriosis and that was massive because I wasn't crazy I don't want to cry talking about it, but like I, I literally spent so many years wondering what the fuck is wrong with me, having doctors mistreat me, question my not only like intuition and like just knowledge of my own body, but like my intellect, like the condescending tones and the way specifically like white old male doctors would teach me or treat me. Oh my fucking God. Like some of the stories I have are insane. I don't have time for that, but like it's just massive massive internalization of what these people said to me and when you're young and trying to advocate for yourself you don't know how to separate just a dumbass doctor from like what could be true you know and I think that was something that was really crazy because I was going through MIT studies at Western and like the whole part of like MIT and women's studies is critical thinking too right like looking at history and critical thinking and why things are the way they are and how they're affecting today's world and so realizing even in my studies that like we look to doctors as these people of authority people of knowledge and information and as especially when I was younger I really looked at them as the end-all be-all if the doctor said it it's true and so to have these doctors so like belittle you in such a way that you're like but how does this make sense and it's not even like well, it's not this, it's this. It's like, no, you're wrong. It's not that. 
but then they wouldn't give you any other answers. That was my experience at least. Now I know not all doctors are bad, but I've just had a fucking ringer of experiences of really terrible ones. So I'm sure that there are some incredible doctors and I have had a couple really amazing people that I've encountered and I literally have given them verbal praise of like, you are one of the best doctors I have met because in my six years of fighting for a diagnosis, there's about three on one hand that I can count that were great, you know? And I wish I, maybe I should count actually how many doctors I encountered in like my notes app because <laughs> that'd be kind of interesting. But yeah, I got diagnosed in June of 2020 and ever since that was great. I still deal with chronic pain, but I, it's much more manageable on the medication that I'm on and stuff like that. And just figuring out what triggers me as well, like endometriosis, it's common to not eat dairy, gluten, um, drink a lot of alcohol, sugar, and the other one is, oh, uh, processed foods basically. So I went on this like journey like throughout this time of getting diagnosed obviously I was already dairy free I was also working with like naturopaths and like any holistic health remedies to try to work through this chronic pain because uh western medicine wasn't working for me so I decided to try alternative things and one of the things that my naturopath said was that I was probably celiac based on the symptoms I was having to gluten So I actually saw a specialist, like an allergist for these issues, and I'm not anaphylactic to anything. And I don't know if I'm celiac because the specialist told me that I need to be eating gluten for three months to be able to test for celiac disease. And at that point, I already cut out gluten for like, I want to say six months and felt a thousand times better. So it was just one of those things where he's like, well, I'm not going to put you through that if you know you're that sick afterwards. Like, just don't eat it and move on with life as though you're celiac. So I don't have any answers to that. But what I want to talk about with like food allergies and stuff like that is the honestly, like it it can kind of create some disordered eating patterns. Now, like I've struggled with disordered eating in the past, like at a very young age, heavy calorie restrictions, um, Like, I remember there were times where I would log everything in MyFitnessPal at, like, 1,200 calories a day when I was super active, working out, like, crazy, sometimes working out twice a day, and I would literally cry if I didn't have any more calories left for the day because I was, like, still hungry because I wasn't, I don't even think I was, like, counting in my activity, so I'd work out, like, fucking crazy, but then I'd be not eating and so restrictive, like just so bad. I had such an unhealthy relationship with food and working out. And then over the years, you know, I found different balance and it changed, it's changed over the years, you know, ups and downs for sure. And I mean, body dysmorphia isn't something that just goes away. I was never anorexic or bulimic, but I definitely had really fucked up patterns with food. And even to this day, and lately actually, I found some feelings of disordered eat, like some patterns of disordered eating kind of come back because for me with gluten and dairy allergies, it's made me almost like resent my body of like, why can't I just eat what everyone else eats? You know, and really holding on to this mindset of like, I should just be able to eat whatever. This is so fucking annoying. It is frustrating sometimes, like not being able to grab something quick because a lot of fast food and stuff like that is all gluten. Whether you can get a lot of things dairy-free, but the one thing I'll even say is that even a lot of the main restaurants that exist, they're either dairy or gluten-free. Like they'll either have one of those menus or they'll have both, but it's, you're still choosing one or the other. So like there was this one time I went to this restaurant. I don't remember what res- restaurant was, but like the, uh, vegan menu was a lot of gluten shit. And then the gluten-free menu was all like dairy. And I'm like, um, oh, the other thing with endometriosis is red meat. Um, so I actually don't eat a lot of red meat or pork. It's very, very rare. Um, cause that's also very inflammatory. And I find that like actually last time I had a steak, I was in like horrible pain, like endo flare up for like two days. So 
I feel like it's definitely linked. And I also think the less you like eat, consume something, the less your body's used to it. So it is already harder to digest and then already having just other issues. It's just, it's a combination for a disaster. So with the food allergies though, it, it for me, it's caused this thing of like, why can't I eat anything? Why can't I just be normal? You know, trying to, like a lot of people don't get it. You know, it's been frustrating having friends of like, you can eat that, right? And it's like a fucking fried chicken place. And it's like, no, I can't. And I understand that not everyone understands what a gluten allergy is, but like, if you really look into it, wheat is in everything. And I mean, in 2021, there are gluten alternatives and I'm finding that it is coming more and more of like places having lettuce wraps and gluten-free buns, but you're paying so much extra too. I'm just going to say it. Like I pay at least a dollar on every coffee. If I want oat milk, I'm paying at least $2 on top of any meal. If it's like a gluten-free pizza or gluten-free bun and Yes, I understand that restaurants have to like cater to those people and there's not a as large of a demographic, I guess. But it's also very frustrating to have to pay so much extra money. Like it does add up in the long run just because you're allergic. Like this isn't a fucking choice, you know? Like that's what I think is so frustrating. But at this point, I've just gotten used to it. But these are like the little ins and outs of just dealing with like chronic issues. And something that my reading said this morning she said you're you need to stop thinking that you're sick and that was something that really shook me to my core because a couple like like in the last couple of months I've really started to struggle with my allergies and my chronic pain but before that I was in a really good place and I'm like okay so what changed and I think it's what's changed is my mindset of instead of just go rolling with the punches knowing that I have these issues and just making it work I've gotten into this mindset of like I shouldn't have to and the fact is it's just not serving me like it's not productive and it's not fixing my issue so I really need to separate from that but that's what I'm working on now but these are like all of these issues that I've been dealing with for about six years and it's I mean as I've kind of alluded to like it has massively impacted my mental health um there were times i mean some of the statistics for endometriosis like one in ten women with endometriosis commit suicide and that's a really dark statistic but it's a very harsh reality because when i and i i get it in a way of like when you're spending so many years in so much pain and not having anyone listen to you and never knowing if it's gonna end like the pain or just the the struggles that come along with it you could go down a dark spiral you know and i i it's a, it's a lot it's a lot when a society also doesn't know what endometriosis is like and a lot of women have it i think it's one in 3 women have it so it's not a rare case of course, there's different stages of it and different severities and different symptoms and all of that. So that's where it gets complicated because like someone who has endometriosis, we could compare notes and have completely different symptoms. And that's what's really fucked up about it. But yeah, it's it's really hard. So it massively impacted my mental health. Um, obviously, the physical health in combination as well, like not being able to sleep, having so much anxiety. I had panic attacks all the time and when you're having that all the time, like obviously it impacts your mental health, but it also impacts every other area of your life. Like the f- being able to focus in school, being able to focus at work, having to call out from work, which impacts you financially because you're obviously not getting paid if you're not salary. And I was a fucking university student. So there was a lot of ways that this impacted every area of my life and it still does to this day just not to the same extent because I've gained some control over it and gained some power in even having this diagnosis yeah wow I haven't told this story publicly so this is just crazy but it's just a lot (laughs) the one thing that I'll say that like the positive experience that has come out of this really quite terrible couple of years in fighting for my own answers and health 
is leaning into more holistic approaches to health and gaining the confidence to become my own medical advocate. I don't think I would have ever learned this not having gone through the experience and like being able to share this and potentially help others is super powerful to me and means a lot to me because there is such a lack of discussion with these issues and like honestly when I was looking for even communities and stuff like that online it's really tough because if even if you don't know what the name is like if you don't know the name endometriosis trying to find your people that can potentially relate and finding a community it's actually so difficult and if you look on things like google you can convince yourself you're dying which is obviously very very common (laughs) and you can feel really alone in this process because obviously the people around you especially like your loved ones i'm sure they love you they care about you but at the end of the day they also have their own lives and so sitting with that and having to just navigate it kind of solo and having to learn how to ask for help when you don't actually know what you need is really difficult but it's something that has helped me over time just go through life as a whole and being really just so in tune with your body like I notice the minute something's off in my health because I've had to be so in tune with my body for so many years and neglecting my body especially lately just eating shit and partying too much and not meditating not working out consistently all of that like it has worn on me not only physically but mentally and I always realize that like after a couple weeks of doing that I'm like I am not in my high vibe state right now like I need to switch this shit up because I don't feel good and when you don't feel good you can't do good when you can't do good you're probably not trying to look good and then when you're not looking good like you just can't you know I feel like my baddest bitch self when I'm taking care of myself you know I'm getting up in the morning making myself feel presentable whatever that looks like sometimes it's just brushing my hair and putting on some face oil other days it's doing a full beat and a full blow with my Dyson Airwrap but like just knowing that feeling of like oh I feel good now I can show up for work really well and serve others like that is the most important thing that I consistently have to chase because that's what gets me through life honestly not not the appearance part but just the feeling of feeling good and for someone who has chronic pain and really have had to fight for answers with the chronic pain the importance of feeling good is so much more heightened like it really becomes a non-negotiable when you've when you know how bad you can feel. So if anyone's dealing with any kind of unexplained health issues or sometimes even skin issues, I mean, all of these things can come up in our in different ways. I would recommend tracking every interaction with any type of professional. I would recommend tracking every symptom that you have. This can include what is happening with your digestion, with your like periods cycles discharge yeah it's gonna get gross um what you're eating every day keeping a food diary i wouldn't suggest doing this on like a my fitness pal app or like a calorie tracker i would just put it in your like either like a piece of paper like if you like a physical notepad or a in the notes app on like your iphone um and just track what you eat and how you're feeling like if you let's say eat pasta and like feel like shit it could be either the wheat and gluten from the pasta or it could be the tomato sauce like tomato sauce isn't all that great for me like if I know that I want to feel really like not bloated any kind of tomato sauce is just not great for me (laughs) so it's just one of those things of like finding those triggers now a lot of doctors with chronic pain will also try to misdiagnose you like I could potentially have IBS as well I don't know because the fucking specialist I was trying to go to like it was just a mess I wouldn't get into that but I've kind of been working through my own like gut health on my own terms and have been figuring it out so I don't feel the need to seek out a specialist because honestly I don't trust them anymore 
But if you feel that that's what you need to do, then I would just recommend tracking everything that they say and really compare notes with anyone that you can. Um, And really like open up to the people around you about the things that you're experiencing because you never know what else other people are experiencing. Like there have been times over the, the last six years where I've openly talked about my experience with endometriosis on Instagram just very briefly and I'd get like a flood of messages telling me how oh my god I have the same issues and da 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 and it really shocked me because it was just like oh my god all these people like I'm and I'm every time I'd post about it I'd get like a vulnerability hangover because I'm like fuck should I have posted that but I get so many people like thank you for sharing this like it's so overlooked and all these things I'm like wait why aren't you guys talking about it either like we have I have a dms full of people talking about this but no one's caught like openly talking about it and really openly openly discussing these things is what creates change and so the more people that know about not only just dealing with chronic pain and what one can deal with and this is just a small scope of it I don't know what it's like to deal with other types of chronic pain this is just my experience but not only seeing that but hearing the words endometriosis hearing the words celiac disease and food allergies what it's like to deal with those things that can potentially create further issues of disordered eating, poor body image, you know, a negative relationship with your body. Like these are important things to discuss and I'm still working through my own personal situation. I've gotten to one of the better states than I've ever been in in the last six, seven years, but like it's it's been a lot and I don't think I realized how much until even just talking about it I'm like wow there's a lot of internalized shit here and I really want to heal like I want to emotionally mentally physically move past this and I feel like me talking about this here today is the only way to do that so I hope someone found this helpful. If you resonate with this or found it helpful, if you want to shoot me a DM, share it on your story and tag me at the not so average batch at for what for who podcast, that would be incredible. Uh, follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I release episodes every week. And yeah, I just want to thank you so much for listening and letting me share my story in such a open and very vulnerable way. I feel very cut open right now. <laughs> But as always, guys, love yourself, love others, and wash your fucking hands. I'll see you next Monday. Bye, guys.